0: Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from the founder of San Francisco's top hardware incubator on how invention startups can succeed by leveraging product design communities and spaces.
1: You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast Now, onto the show. Welcome back everyone.
0: Today I'm very excited to introduce Alex Dantes to the show. Alex is the CEO of Circuit Launch, one of California's top hardware accelerator facilities. Circuit Launch is an almost 40,000 square foot hardware innovation space and maker space for inventors, hardware startups and hardware companies. Macro Design is also a long-standing partner in the space. Today, Alex is going to share some valuable knowledge on how inventors, startups, and small manufacturers can utilize facilities like Circuit Launch to develop their invention product ideas, then scale them to the big leagues. He's also going to give us some advice on what really works to ensure startup success given the hundreds of startups he's watched come through their doors. Now, on to the episode. Hey, Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to talking to you today about hardware, makerspaces, incubators, accelerators, all of that, especially from you who is the uh, founder and CEO of Circuit Launch. We're very happy to have you on the show because of course you and I have been working together for years now and uh, Macro Design is very happy to be the design firm of record inside of the Circuit Launch facility, which is an incredible facility. You've done an amazing job of building something spectacular for the, the Bay Area in California. But before we get into the tips and tricks to startups and how they can maximize the value of the education and the communities and everything else that goes around a place like Circuit Launch, kick it off with how you got here to this big facility from where you started because you've got an incredible backstory.
2: Wow, Kevin, that's uh, that's quite a complicated story there. But I will try to do the rundown for you. Uh, I'm, I'm Brazilian. I was born in Brazil. I went to a mechatronic engineer in high school. Then I uh, went to law school, dropped out of law school to do classical ballet. So I moved to United States to do classical ballet. Mo- moved here in the early 2000s. Then eventually I grew out of it. <laughs> for me, classical ballet was never about to become a professional. I was a very shy person. For me, it was like to become the, pers- the best person of me that I could. So I never became good at it, but I became a thousand times better than I ever thought I could be. And for me as a personal development, that was amazing. I was in New York for a little while, then moved to the Valley to start a company because I heard that here where the money tree is, you find the money tree and then you pick up the, the $100 bills. <laughs> then, <laughs> then I started a company. It was way ahead of the time at the time. We could not raise money. Then I became homeless. I was homeless for a couple of months, uh, living in my car in, wow. in um, San Francisco. Then from living in my car, this was 2007, 2008, I stopped flipping homes in San Francisco. So I bought a $800,000 house without having the money to make the first payment, the first mortgage. Leaving it, while leaving it in my car. The way how I make that happen was I bought the house in the Mission in, in San Francisco, and I was able to flip one of the units it was a duplex within 30 days. So I had zero dollars leaving in my car to $30,000 in about 30 days. I sold on Craigslist one side of the house for uh, <laughs> someone on the internet. It was amazing. Actually, I know that person to, to this day and it became good partners and good friends. I ended up joining the U.S. Army as a watercraft engineer. After that time, after the 2009 happens, I could not get 100% to finance the house anymore because my business model just worked on that model. Then I joined the U.S. Army as a watercraft engineer, traveled the world with the, the giving support to the Navy SEALs in different locations. Then when I got out of the Army, I started a company that didn't work out. Then started another company that didn't work out. started another company that didn't work out. Then my fourth company gave me enough money to not have to work for a year. Then I started another company, a secured app that actually got about three and a half million people to download. After that, I started a, selling a luxury cars um, to Brazil and to China. And I sold about $10 million worth of cars using only one email address, never had a website, never met one of the clients. And I think I only saw a couple of the cars wow. that I ever sold. Uh, and while the, all that is happening, I rented an uh, um, office space and I met the owner of that building. And he's telling me that he has this empty building in Oakland in california it's been empty for about 10 years and you wanted to do something you saw me doing stuff with uh with the, the the software side and some other experience that i had it's like well i want to do something with you i was like well i started as a mechatronic engineer being a mechatronic engineer is all i wanted to be in my teens because that was my dream to become one but it's very hard for you to actually do any hardware products because different from software you where you can start at a starbucks with your computer hardware has a lot of uh of uh, our companies, you will tell you, is that it's a business from day one. From day one, you have to start thinking about. I think I need office space. I'm going to need this equipment. I'm going to have to hire the one person, and you know you have to think much bigger from where, when you start. Then I'm like, what if we can bring the hardware community together? And that's how I started Circuit Launch. We took the thirty thousand square feet space it was empty. Then we raised some money from the, the, the building owner and remodeled the entire thing ourselves. So we put every single carpet pieces that you see on the floor here ourselves. Uh, a lot of the, the furniture initially we built it ourselves. And we opened up. And slowly we, we broke it down. We built an electronic lab, a wood shop, uh, and a certain areas for common areas for people to not have to buy the equipment like lasers, 3D printers, and all that. And a little by little, one company came, then another company came, then we fill out the space and we build more office and then we fill those office too. We build a little bit more and then we fill those office. And then fast forward today, today's Circuit Launch has 56 companies in the space. We have a churn rate of about 3%, which is much lower than any co-working space that you'd hear about it. Companies here raise about $35 million within the last 12 months. And we grew even in, in, pandem- in the pandemic. Very hard to find places that are they have all the equipment and everything that you need to build a hardware company, and I hopefully that was not too long of a background.
0: <laughs> well, and not only have- Circuit Launch, one of the one of the premier hardware incubation or co-working facilities uh, in California, but you're getting calls all the time for people wanting to spread the model to other places. You've got major companies in there too. The Kickstarter, Google Ventures, etc., is all in the space, right? And and yeah. a number of no, others Google
2: too. Venture. We have a lot of Google. They com- uh, have venture companies here. We have a lot of a funded company that come out of Google here. The same, I have a lot of companies that came out of Stanford here. Wow. Uh, and some of the MIT, uh, Carnegie Mellon, uh, a company that's kind of like started on those and flipped flipped, and where they can end up creating their own wings and they have to leave and they are here. It's been an incredible ecosystem and I, I'm blessed to feel like every day I get to speak to people that know the subject a hundred times more than I'll ever know. And it's just like, it feels like a lesson to me every single day when I walk around and talk to people.
0: Well, it's been great. I appreciate working with uh, your clients there and as well as be, having our little home within the facilities, too. Right. And you know, one of the big things that I think is so valuable and, of course, together we're going to do a lot of is the education and programming events. So right. let's start there. Like, first and foremost, you mentioned the word hardware community. This isn't right. just a co-working space that has a you know great tool shop and all the toys and bells and whistles to build and prototype and play around with hardware inventions and gadgets. Right. But it's really creating a community and an ecosystem around that. Right. And that is what is so valuable to hardware startups. Can you speak a bit more about that and how that's created a lot of value to the folks that have come through your facilities, either as a tenant or either as a general community member?
2: The number one thing that our goal, our number one mission when we started, was just to bring the community together. We had, didn't have a business model. We didn't, we had no idea how we're gonna make this work. It was just how let's bring our people together. That was kind of the goal. Uh, because when I moved here. I felt that it was hard for me just to meet the hardware folks. Uh, I think we're more enclosed than the software people are because there's a lot more tools for software out there. Our hardware was, it was, it's getting much better now uh, to get together with, with the hardware uh, community. So the idea was that it's like, and how do we do that? It's like, well, there's offer everything that makes it life easier for them. Let's make everything um, you know, I'll, at the beginning, we gave a lot of free space. We, uh, Talk to everyone. We followed them closely. We helped them out when they couldn't pay the rent. Um, We did everything that they could not possibly find in someplace else. Which, at the end of the day, is is what a community means: is finding some people, the uh, common goal group of people. that have a common problem and trying to solve that one problem for that common group, and that's kind of how you build a community. I also been blessed that early on. We had uh, Dan O'Mara, which is one of my partners, and he uh helped build the um, the community the Booster Boards. So Dan was very familiar. Also, Dan was part of the tech shop, which is another company that used to exist in the Bay Area that doesn't anymore. And Dan had a lot of experience in telling me, you know what? We shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. That's where we're going to do. it, That's how we're going to do this. And they helped out a lot. And it started with that one person, though. That's still think like every time we... People sometimes they think about community. They think like about a stadium full of people, right? It starts with that one person. It's one person, and then another person. It's a it's a it's a very linear mathematics that goes. And at some point, it becomes exponential. But for a while, it's just one plus one plus one plus one plus one, plus one until you bring all this together.
0: That's amazing, and it when it worked out, right? You're at full capacity and, now.
2: Right, right, yeah, 100% occupied
0: for a while. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's an amazing story. Well, it, in terms of the value to startups, as an emerging startup or a scaling startup, why should they think about being a part of a community like this? What value is there to them in joining this as opposed to building the thing out of their
2: garage? Well, mostly because building a, a product yourself sucks. It's a very lonely process. <laughs> it's uh, um it's lonely for the entrepreneurs, lonely everywhere, but for specific for the hardware, because you need all this stuff that you kind of don't have. And it's hard for you to bring all the expertise in one person. You need to be where all the people that can help you are and building a hardware products. It takes a little longer than building a software product. It requires a way more skills than you have on a software side, because, you know, we have industrial design. And you have people that have to understand materials depending on what kind of stuff you're working on. And you have to have some people that understand a little bit of business. So you don't build something that nobody actually wanna buy. You also have to get people like to understand how to actually make a product. That's where I think macro design is amazed at doing this, which, which is amazing to me how you focus on this one niche just working with startups, which almost nobody wants to work with because <laughs> it's like it, 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 they're hard to work with and the macro actually perfect at this in a way that uh, will take that person that's struggling in the garage working alone that will come to a community like ours, and then you can actually get them to build a product, actually build the product. And he's the the tip for a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are working out of uh, your home or trying to figure out what you want to do. Building your product is the most important thing that you can get a value on your hardware startup. Let me rephrase that. Uh, Deploying or deploying or making your product and actually getting to a place where you can show to other people that you have a product is the most important thing that you need to do right now. Anything else that does not accomplish that goal as fast as you can is completely irrelevant at this stage. Software people, uh, they figure this out that they can just go to an idea to uh, most of investors and tell them this is how I'm going to do it. And they will understand it because they've been around that process. So they'll say, oh yeah, I can see you doing that. And if you have the skills, hardware investors believe when they see it. And feel it. They need to see it. Right. right, they need to see it, they need to, to, to feel it. So whatever you are, if you have a community close to your home or close to where you are, please join that community. It will make your process much, much faster. Um, don't try to do hardware alone. It, it takes longer, it's frustrating. And there are a lot of options for you to do this with the community.
0: Yeah, and it's amazing because there's so much happening in in every major city that's helping evolve the support network and the communities around hardware specifically. And Circuit Launch is a great example of that. A lot of, obviously, San Francisco is known for their software, but hardware is a big component of it. And there's been a ton of billion dollar hardware companies that have come out of San Francisco and the Bay Area. So what a better support network than to have a physical space that you can bring all these different partners and players together, but as well as having a lot of other people that are going through a similar journey. And this is something that's so amazing about Circuit Launch. And you've seen this, Alex, you've you've watched dozens and dozens of hardware startups uh, come up through your programs. Right. And you're right. seeing what kind of works and what doesn't work. And that knowledge can be shared so quickly amongst uh, the new and emerging uh, upcoming startups that are coming through both on the initial ideation phase, but also as they're scaling. Those are two different things. First, right. you have to build it and then you're going to raise you know, a bunch of money or you're going to start right. pre-selling or whatever it is to, to get some money in the door. Then you have to scale it up. How do you go from selling a hundred units to Five hundred to five thousand to fifty thousand, and so right. on, right? And that's kind of the evolution of a of a mm-hmm. hardware product. But it, all of that can really be helped and supported by uh, your your local incubation hub mm-hmm. community, right. etc. Right. right? No that's matter what right. stage of the, the of the of the plan that you're at. Which brings me to a another topic, Alex. I'd like to talk to you about because mm-hmm. you're seeing it happen like right in front of your face, and it's this concept mm-hmm. of local short run manufacturing to get a product mm-hmm. off the ground and test market it. What are your thoughts about that? Where do you see that going? And where does a place like Circuit Launch help fill the void there?
2: Right. So after seeing a few hundred companies come out of here and then going through the same process, I found a common thread, which happens, I'll say 80% of the time. For those lucky ones that manage to raise a little bit of money, the first thing they do is they think now they they will take that money, they can hire the best people um, that they can possibly find. And they go, they spend a lot of time trying to find those people or trying to find contractors that will feel like the void of one spec or another here. Then they spend 75% of their money trying to do that process. Almost 100% of the time, it does not work. So when they get to the end of that period, like where they have like you know, about 20% left over in the bank and they realize, oh, I made all these mistakes because you know as an entrepreneur, you're gonna make all these mistakes and the hardware, they're expensive mistakes because you don't have a lot of money and it takes more money for you to build a product than you would build a software. Then you spend the money and then now we have this little B and we realize, oh, my God, now I have to do the product myself. And you scramble and you go after, you get trained, you do everything you can to build the product yourself. But most of the times at that point, it's too late. So that process has to be inverted. An entrepreneur should be able to build the product from the beginning. It should be, again, like I said before, it should be the first thing you should be, be worrying about is just get something out rough, evidence, and you should try to do that yourself. And this is probably, there's an argument on the side of this that they probably shouldn't. I thought that when I started circuit Launch as well, that they shouldn't do it. They should actually go to China or they should go to someplace else. And then, you know, because they are cheap and then you can do all of this. I thought this when I started circuit Launch as well. What I've learned is that is a very bad idea. And trust me on this, which is that if you are a hardware entrepreneur right now, please try to develop the product your own. Find people that will develop that product for you that you know for sure that you can get something out of complete. and those skills are very, very hard for you to find when you're just starting out and you have very little money because you're gonna make a lot of mistakes and get into the process. So what I've seen is the must need that I see right now on a hardware product. it's actually not on a factory side. there's factories everywhere. there's factors when you get to high skill, you get thousands thousand pieces. That problem is solved. When you get to thousands and thousands of pieces where you have a demand for that many, there's tons of factories anywhere in the world, even in the United States, that will help you, will give you credit to build a product, They will be all over you to actually build your, your, the thing for you. The problem is when you have to feel, build those few hundred or the first thousand pieces. And the model that I see evolving right now is like, we need a type of place that is not a factory, but it's also not a prototyping or just make a space only. It's this thing in between that we call co-factory. Co-factory is a place where you're able to build your own, your first few units, that you have enough expertise in that place. They'll help you build from idea to a production of about a few hundred units. And that is the model that I think United States, North America actually needs the most. It is focused on those first few hundred pieces, which is does not require all the million dollar equipment for you to do it. Now, because at the end of the day, when you're building a prototype, you're doing pretty much five things. You're cutting, you're adding, you're shaping, and you're gluing together. It's those five things that you're working to do it. And you have a facility that will help you and train you to do those five things. And they'll get you to those few hundred pieces or the few first ten. Once you're done with that, your job becomes so much easier because you understand your product. You have something you can show investors. And now investors will be more willing to take a hard, higher risk on you because you got the product out. So, co is, I think, where this place should go. Like That's where all all this facility should become.
0: That's very powerful stuff. I've talked about it a few times on the show before, of the emergence of what what we call short-run manufacturing. Manufacturing even as low as 10 units, maybe 50, 100, 200 units. Mm -hmm. You're not going to make money on these cash flow-wise when you sell these products, but it doesn't matter because you've now exponentially increased the equity and intellectual property value of your product. You've now proven, even if it's only 50 units, that somebody out there was willing to whip out their credit card, or even if you gave them away one way or another, they wrote a raving review about your product, either internally or even better publicly on the internet. They said, I've tried the first uh, editions of this. Maybe you call it the pre-release edition or whatever you want to call it. Short run, produced units, really working in people's hands, giving them the ability to say that they love the product. You are now in production. Yes, it's only a small amount of units, but the bigger corporate players, somebody who's either going to invest in you, acquire you, or partner with you, all they care about is that you have some users in some market that thinks an amazing product because, of course, they're the ones who know how to scale it exponentially from there. So you right. don't need to convince them that there's a much bigger market out there. That's their job. They're in that industry, especially if they're, they're a distributor, wholesaler, retailer, you name it. They know mm-hmm. product sales. What they don't know is your product because it's unique, right. it's new, and you've got two things that you're focusing on there. One, like you said, Alex is the technical side. And I absolutely love how you said essentially your model is build it first. Before you, especially if you get to that point where you do raise a bit of money, a seed round, if it's you know anywhere from 50K to a million dollars, if you've raised that round and you're spending most of it on let's call it business development services, right. not a good place for a hardware company to start. All of that funding, and obviously I'm going to be biased as I run a design for but the reality is, and you've seen it now with hundreds of startups that have come through, if you focus on building a great product first, the business will follow. Guy Kawasaki says the exact same thing. In fact, he goes one step further. He says, you build a phenomenal prototype, let alone if you, this is well before the short run manufacturing era, Mm -hmm. but he said, if you build a great prototype, you will never need to do a PowerPoint, a spreadsheet, a presentation ever again. Mm -hmm. You will bring that product and sit it in front of people and say, this is my product and here's how it works. That is really a big core in the early stages of a product business. And then of course that model inverts over time. As you scale and as you grow, more and more money will then flip over to the business development, sure. sales, sure. marketing, et cetera. Less and less will go into the R&D, but always still some to continue to improve. That model will shift, but so many startups looking at it, look at it backwards because they're learning from the, the, the classical textbook language of big corporate product firms big Mm -hmm. corporate product development always basically looked at it upside on an upside down triangle, big millions of dollars spent on marketing and case studies and user studies and all that. And eventually funneling down at the end of the day, hopefully to some product that gets made. Well, as a startup, you need to invert that the other way around. You need to flip that triangle and get your product built, get to market, then start building the business from there.
2: Right. Uh, One thing that we got really excited when I I met you uh, and I brought that, that, you know, that I met you back to the team and I was like, look, If we can partner with this company, this is the company that we need to partner with. Because um, one philosophy that we took from the beginning of the Building Circuit launch, again, focusing communities, that we did not take equity to the companies. Uh, We are not here to tell you or we don't accept exclusive deals with any other uh, uh, companies to, you know, to use this software or just use this one material here, all in that, because it's not our place to tell the companies what they should be doing. They're gonna be telling us what they need, and then we are here to serve them. And by you know messing up the equity and all that, we thought that will taint the 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 community aspect of it. And then when we met you and you now hearing about how focused you are just on that one niche, because um, I'll open just a side comment here because it's important for people to know, there is a lot of factors that will tell you that they want to work with you as startups. And a lot of them are well-intended, but the point is that they don't know how. And they think that, you know, they will work just with few startups and maybe half of them will become a, a, a big run product that they would end up making money of it. But that's not how it happens. Most of startups um, will have a hard time actually doing but those few that will actually make it will make a gigantic profit, but it's hard for you to find those fields as a factor because you, your interest is not aligned. And then the way how they're gonna build their products different as well, because they are already thinking like, you know how it build this for scale? And you don't need that at that point, not at that point, you just need a product. Help. So when I found Michael Design and I was like, this is the company that we need to partner with because uh, they are focused only on the people who know the factors are not gonna help. And um, he's been doing this for 20 years. So you know that process took a little while for us to for us to unite to get in bed together.
0: Well, to I appreciate fit. it, Alex. Yeah, you know, it's been great. And th- the reality is, is there's not a lot of places out there, and whether it be Circuit Launch or Macro Design, or other players that you've brought into the fold that help with the early stage companies. But you and I believe heavily that it's the small businesses especially in the hardware space, which are leading most of the innovation, especially these days, big companies are no simply spending less money on their own internal R&D and simply they're allocating more money to acquire those small startups, either acquire or partner with or license or fund those small startups, which can fit into their ecosystem. So I they're leaving it to the argue, world to develop the products, right?
2: Right. I also say that companies, hardware companies are getting smaller because with automation is making each time easier and easier for you to make your own product. So, you know, focus on that segment of the market where, where everything started, I think is the most important capital allocation that someone has to make. It's in those beginning stages. because when you come, when you overcome those hurdles and then there's like all this market for you, all these things that opens up for you.
0: Alex, appreciate all that. And it's really good insights. And I appreciate your inside tips on how hardware startups, how it actually works and you know what you've seen in terms of watching hundreds of startups come through your program, let alone all mm-hmm. the others that you've dealt with in your past. If people want to learn more about Circuit Launch, uh, what's the website to go to and uh, what can they, uh, where can they learn more? And talk a bit about you're starting to run a bunch of events again as well now that right. hopefully COVID's uh, slowing down and uh, you're getting back into those big multi-hundred or even I heard you have 1,200 people out there for the most recent event <laughs> at Circuit Right. Launch.
2: Few, that's amazing for the robot block party so we're doing the robot block party every uh we're going to do every six months we do together with silicon valley robotics which is a non-profit organization who helps a lot of uh, uh the hardware community um and andra k um is the one who puts this event together we do it in a collaboration here we also do a lot of the diy robot cars autonomous cars race if you want to know about us just go to circuitlaunch.com. and um We'll also be launching an education program soon. Uh, the idea is that all these place are evolving to become the kind of school that we would like to go to. And we uh, believe that eventually a place like Circuit Launch can become a very good alternative for a four or five universities on a mechatronic site. Because right now, universities mostly have the mon- monopoly on lab space for education. Because companies don't have time to train because they you know they spend a lot of money and they want to produce. And the in, universities, the ones who can afford a nice lab, they only can have X amount of students at the same time. And you know it has a rotation. Every four years, you have to kick them out. And where do they go? That's like, we'll, hopefully, Circuit launches the home for them. That's like we're building this whole thing that comes together from the beginning, from the education to the uh, getting them to, to build their own product and uh, hopefully helping them to start their own company.
0: Amazing, Alex. Great stuff. And as always, I'll put all the links in the show notes below so anybody can just click click through. Alex, thanks again for all your tips, workers of wisdom, and uh, explaining what's going on at Circuit Launch. We uh, will be talking to you soon. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Kevin. Looking forward to 2022. Take care. You too.
1: Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast design.com for a free consultation from one of Maco design's four design studios from coast to coast thanks for listening and see you next time.